The Start On Demand. demand. Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. Loren McNabb is off for a couple of days as we continue to play the musical chairs of holidays. And um, on this Monday, I mean, hey, I think it's pretty safe to say that most of us hate Mondays. But uh, I'm hoping that the worst of my Monday is behind me because I made an expensive mistake this morning, G-Mac. What did you do, Brett? Well, I always do the, you know, the check, the Adam Sandler check, phone, wallet, keys. Got in my cab, good to go. Halfway to work, I put my hand on my chest and realized something's missing. Uh-oh, the my, digital passport. My swipe card is not hanging around my neck. It's in my apartment, so I had to say, damn it, Sonny, take me back. Take me back home. Sonny. That's, that's his name. And uh, and I, he might be listening right now, so good morning to you, sir. So I had to go back home and watch as my cab fare doubled based on my stupid, stupid mistake. First time I've done it since we moved here. It's been almost a, I think it's been a year that we've been here. Uh, yeah, I would say it's been a year, and I guess that took up more than your allotted uh, cab fare that you'll be reimbursed for or, yeah, or not reimbursed correct. for. Yeah. Uh, you just couldn't go without it, huh? No, well, I didn't want to take the chance of having to because I know there's a there's an emergency card somewhere in the office, but I just I I didn't want to deal with the anxiety of having to figure that out and how do I get into the building and yeah, without salute, the card. I salute your commitment to uh fixing the error of your ways. <laughs> Easily done. So that's a, the the morning started rough, but we're good to go now and part of the reason I think I was able to calm down and relax is mm-hmm. I just pulled up GMACWPG on Instagram <laughs> and took a peek at uh, the, the many relaxing pictures and video you posted over the weekend. You looked like you were in a nice little pocket of paradise. Yes, I have to confess I was and uh, thanks to our our hosts this weekend, our, our good friends Jay and Andrea, it was absolutely needed and absolutely the perfect prescription for uh, what's been a stress-filled summer on so many levels. Just to get away, you know how they say a change is as good as a rest? Yeah. Well, I found the sweet spot about 7.30 yesterday morning. Two of my buddies uh, went uh, fishing yesterday morning and the fishing's not really my thing although I'd gone out Saturday night with the boys we had a really nice time but the sun was just coming up the lake lake of the woods was like glass I found a nice Adirondack chair at the end of the dock and just sat and listened to the stillness it was so tranquil it was so energizing it was absolutely perfect and so, yeah, I thought I would share that with my followers on Instagram and Twitter. And let me tell you, I feel great today. Yeah, no, it's the first time you've come in a long time where, because you, you have needed a break or you've needed something for a couple of weeks at least. And I think you're taking next week off, right? Is that confirmed? That's the plan. No, it's not been confirmed, but that is the plan. That is the intention. Okay. Yes. Well, I, I hope you do it, but I'm glad that you at least got this little getaway. So that was good. Batteries recharged for Mr. Mackling. And uh, I got uh, some uh, batteries recharged in a different way over the weekend. I got to see an old friend, our old little buddy, Tucker. I don't know if you remember uh, you listening right now. Uh, last year, when the when the pandemic started, one of our colleagues, Diana Forsberg, she would uh, bring in her little dog, Tucker, every day to visit. And he was a ray of light 
and uh, what was otherwise a pretty dark time. You know, we were all so down and depressed and what's happening in the world. But along comes bouncing down the hallway, there's a little doggy just cheering everybody up. And uh, I got to, Diana had a couple of people over on Saturday. So, hey, it was nice to see her because even though she works in the building on the 19th floor, uh, because she's on the 19th floor, we almost never see her. Sure. And I saw a couple of other colleagues who have been at home since the pandemic started. So it was great to see them. Uh, but if you want to see some video, because I, I sometimes get people messaging me on Instagram, where's Tucker? I miss seeing Tucker. Well, I've got two videos of Tucker on my Instagram, at Brett McGarry, if you want to follow me for that and other assorted nonsense. He's such a terrific dog. He is so friendly. And, uh, you know, I know we could have this conversation every single day about the uplifting power of pets and their ability to change our mood on a dime. There's just something so special about our pets. And uh, even if they don't belong to you, even if they don't call you or consider you master, there are some animals that you just have a connection to. And Tucker's one of those for you. Yeah, he's my little buddy. So it was great to see him. So that gave me a boost over the weekend uh, because it's the first weekend I didn't golf all summer. Now, I know that was partly related to the weather, and we're going to speak to Global Weather Specialist Kayla Evans in a moment about that. But I just I saw the forecast and thought, well, I might be able to go play Sunday morning. And it, by, from what I could tell, it was a pretty nice morning before it clouded over and started raining again. But uh, I just said, ah, I'm going to just not worry about that this weekend. But without the structure of golf, my sleep schedule <laughs> was as Cosmo Kramerific as it has ever been. What do you mean by that Cosmo Kramerific? Remember when he did that sleep schedule where he was sleeping like uh, he'd only sleep for a half hour at a time every <laughs> few hours or whatever. Right. And uh and he would fall asleep standing up. It wasn't quite like that, but I think Friday I think I fell asleep early in the evening and then I woke up at midnight and I was up till 3 and then Fell asleep for a couple more hours and woke up again and went back to sleep. I think I finally got out of bed. Went to bed at 8 a.m. on on Friday Saturday morning after sleeping on and off on the couch. And then, uh, <laughs> so, yeah, it's just I'm not good at adulting. But, you know, I got no responsibilities, I guess, really. So I just got to make it to work on time, and today I did. Thank goodness for that. You do you, Brett McGarry. And uh, by the way, thank you for uh, including me in your Friday afternoon festivities immediately following our getting off the air and a little bit of work ahead of time. We got together at the King's Head with a couple of our of our colleagues in the business. I just wanted to thank you for uh, making sure I was there on Friday. That was a great way to start my, you know, 48, 72. I can't even calculate the number of hours, but thank you for including me in that. Well, and I hope you know that, uh, like, the invite didn't come from me. It came from somebody else. But I hope you know it's just a standing invite. Like, you don't need to wait to be summoned. You just, if you're available and you want to come, come. I'm there every Friday. The point is I'm never available. I'm always (laughs) rushing to do something to cover off this or take care of that. And it just so happened Friday afternoon, I had a couple hours. It was outstanding. So thanks for the hospitality all around. Mackling and McGarry McNabb's off for a couple of days. Coming up in our next segment, we are going to tell you how you can win two tickets to see the Winnipeg Blue Bombers versus the Calgary Stampeders Sunday, August 29th at IG Field. And speaking of the Bombers, it's Monday. Who do we talk to after 8.30, Greg? Bob Irving, the voice of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, joins us every Monday morning at 8.35 or thereabouts. And yeah, we'll talk about the Blue Bombers' disappointing loss in Toronto and also, of course, more with regard to the CFL making that decision to 
postpone Thursday's scheduled game between the Edmonton Elks and Toronto Argonauts. Really bad timing there, Brett, as the, the Argos, of course, beat the Bombers at home Saturday and get a little bit of momentum on the field, and then you never know what that translates into at the box office, TV-wise, etc. So the CFL... Uh, facing its first real hiccup of the 2021 season with regard to COVID-19 as several Elks players have tested positive. So right now we want to discuss the question of the day, which went up on Friday. And uh, Mr. Forte, producer, I don't see the sponsor for that. So if you could just toss that up into our queue here, uh, that'd be great. But the question of the day at cjob.com that went up Friday. Has the first week of election campaigning shifted your opinions at all? And we've got 81% who say, no, my opinion hasn't budged at all. 9% say, yes, it has made me lean more in one direction. And 10% said, there's an election? (laughs) So I'm glad they included that as an option. But we wanted to bring this up because I got into it a little bit with somebody on Thursday and uh, explained my stance on this election As I've previously said, you know, when I came back last week from the holidays, I am so annoyed that we are going back to the polls. And I get it. It's kind of a kind of a shrewd move as uh, far as a power play goes to try to gain a majority. But I hate it. It's a waste of money. It's a waste of time. And particularly in this precarious moment in time where Canada is looking to stave off the effects of the fourth wave of the pandemic. So the last thing I want to think about is an election. It is annoying. So I told this person that I'm done. I am done. I have lost faith in our uh, federal political system. So I'm not going to vote for anybody. I'll show up. I'll accept my ballot. And then I'm just going to reject it. So I was told... Oh, come on, dude. Voter apathy is so played out. Give me a break. And I kind of asked the question, like, how is this? How is this apathy? It's not. It doesn't qualify as apathy for me. Okay. I mean, you're, you're, you're going to go through the effort of getting to your polling station, know where your poll st- polling station is, register, get your ballot, and then me- make... An act of defiance, making a statement. That is not apathetic, Brett, in any way, shape, or form. Not going at all, tuning it all out, not having a reason for not voting. That, in my opinion, would be apathy. Okay. Okay, good. Uh, I mean, for one thing, it's always the same two parties at the federal level, and uh, this stance I've taken might actually eventually trickle down to the provincial level as well, where it's always down to the same two parties at both levels. It just feels like we're chasing our tail around and around we go. It's always the same. Uh, So I've had it, but I'll show up. I want my vote counted, and I want it counted for no one, but unfortunately, it looks like a declined ballot at the federal level does not count as such. It will simply be a a reject. So I can show up and hand it back. I can spoil the ballot by simply mismarking it. I can write down, I vote for Darth Vader. Oh, don't do that. It doesn't matter. Uh, It just goes into one pile. Uh, Provincially, there are a handful of provinces where you can, including Manitoba, Ontario, Manitoba, Saskatchewan, and Alberta, where you can actually decline your ballot. But it looks like there have been stunts pulled before, like in 2000, a number of voters, (laughs) chiefly in Edmonton, ate their ballots as Uh part of what they dubbed the Edible Ballot Society to protest what they saw as inherently unfair elections. I think they actually used blenders. Uh, They they brought a blender to the polling station. Oh, boy. (laughs) And uh, blended up their ballots with some some stuff and drank them. But... uh, Clearly, I'm not alone in, in wanting to, to decline this. I would add, by the way, I'm not 
saying this is what anyone else should do. This is my stance. Sure. I just know I'm not alone because I'm so frustrated. Well, you know, I commend you for taking a stand and, first of all, declaring where you sit on this and also standing up to, to someone that suggested that you're being apathetic because, as I just said, I don't think this qualifies at all. There are a lot of people frustrated with the system, a lot of people that do not want this election in any way, shape, or form. Lots of folks that uh, probably would like to take the stand that you've taken, and uh, that's not the way I'm going to go, although I've gone that way in the past, Brett. I have protested my vote or spoiled it or written in a name uh, that wasn't uh, applicable. Uh, Darth Vader, is is he um, someone you'd like to see at the helm here in Canada? Or, or maybe we could actually make uh, some sort of... Uh, you know, fake candidate or somebody just to have everybody who's in the same corner as you write in Darth Vader or or somebody else. Well, and here's a text at 204-780-6868 from somebody saying, grow up, go vote. You are voting, in my opinion. None of the above. Yeah. And that maybe should be a legitimate option for people so that they can say, hey, Get better, be better. None of these candidates suit me. None of these candidates speak for me, elected or otherwise. Uh, we need to get better. And how else are you supposed to vo- voice this concern? Because if you just don't vote, then you are considered part of the problem and the whole notion of, well, if you didn't vote, you don't have a say and you can't complain about what happened. No, no. I'm concerned. I'm worried if I'm translating your thoughts properly, Brett, but I don't agree with the timing of the this election, first of all. And secondly, there are no candidates that uh, voice and stand up for the things that that are important to me. Is that fair? That's absolutely fair. So you can weigh in, though, 204-780-6868. Oh, and then the follow-up text from this person, then don't complain. Whatever. <laughs> Greg just uh, addressed that directly. So, uh, But we appreciate the feedback. You can also email brett at cjob.com. You know what, Brett? Uh, you know, uh, now, I'm, now I'm a little worked up here. Because uh, why should we always have to choose between the lesser of two evils? Why do we always have to pick from less than candidates? Why do we always have to choose from those who are, are prepared to step forward? Why can we not acknowledge that some of the candidates... A, should not be on the ballot in any way, shape, or form, that many of them don't speak for anyone but themselves. And lastly, or at least uh, thirdly in this conversation, why can't we acknowledge that some of the people who would be most suited for standing up for and representing us, uh, us, whether it be in Parliament, whether it be in the legislature at City Hall, have zero interest in stepping up and being involved because, A, the system is too broken or it's too big of a pain in the neck and too big a sacrifice, potentially personally to uh, personal privacy and all other sorts of situations. I I think this should be an eye-opener to the system as a whole that we are always, it seems, forced to pick with the less of lesser of two evils and the the candidates that we uh well I like him the most out of this bunch and not or to, I like her the most out of this bunch and not to mention the fact that whatever promises are made you know that a lot of them are not going to be upheld anyway so I could they vote. don't put dollar signs attached to them there's no amounts or anything how are you going to pay for it that that seems to be very very uh infrequently part of the discussion either that boy don't no. <laughs> All right. Usually it's Brett Smash, but this morning it's Mackling Smash on a Monday. 
Mackling and McGarry McNabb is off for a couple of days. We have two tickets for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers versus the Calgary Stampeders on Sunday, August 29th at IG Field. And today's question, where are you most at peace? This is inspired by the fact that, Greg, we mentioned off the top, but if you're just tuning in and missed it, Greg was at Lake of the Woods over the weekend, and he posted some really sweet pics and video while having some morning tea on the dock as he looked out at the calm water. Water is calm like glass. Super, super peaceful, and it helped recharge Greg's batteries. So that got us thinking, like, do you have a spot where you're most at peace? Or is it maybe there's an activity that makes you, puts you at peace? Or do you, like, do you have a spot where you like to just go and relax, enjoy some peace and quiet? Or maybe it's not even necessarily quiet. Like, for example, one of the, the things I like to do, Sometimes it's usually on a Saturday, like a late Saturday afternoon or early Sunday evening. I'll just go sit at the bar by myself at the Grove and uh, have a couple of beers, grab a bite and just decompress. And I feel way better when I walk out of there. Uh, So that's one of the things I like to do. But what's yours? 204-780-6868. Tell us the story for a chance to win those bomber tickets. Why don't we start for... Jim Toth in for Cam Poitras, who, by the way, got married yesterday to producer Sky. Congratulations to two of our favorite people. Couldn't meet a nicer couple. But, Jim, uh, what about you, man? Well, first of all, congratulations to the happy couple. You come work at 680 CJOB, you get married. That's outstanding. <laughs> good to know. Uh, I'm, I, you know what? I'm much like both of you. I, I like a good seat at the wood, too, and, and have a game on and, and just sort of decompress that way. But I'm also with Mr. Uh, uh, Mackling because I was out at Victoria Beach this weekend. And there's nothing like sitting in front of water and just chilling out. Unfortunately, I was at a friend's place because I'm not that wealthy to have my own spot. So recently, it's just been on my deck. Like this whole summer, I just... I'd gone out on my deck just shortly after nine with a cup of coffee, and sometimes I'll just sit out there with my laptop or just sit out there by myself for an hour or two enjoying the nice weather. Sit out on the deck. You know what? That's something else I like to do. I'll just go sit on my balcony for yeah, an that's hour, what I was gonna two say. hours, three hours, four hours. Sometimes I just sit there and do nothing. Now, I know I'm going to get a ton of texts right now going, you've been uh, pretty behind the wheel right now, Toth. You need to relax a little bit. You haven't been doing anything for a while, you know? <laughs> and I'll be like, yes! Sometimes doing nothing can be stressful, too. So I did uh, spend the summer just sitting on my deck going... I really got no reason to decompress, but I'm just going to do it anyway. Why not? Why not? The stresses of the world can still weigh one down. So that sounds great, man. Uh, Mackling, what about you? I mean, is that the spot? Would you say that's the spot? Look, I'm like Toth. Uh, I have to depend on the generosity of others to have the opportunity (laughs) to have a place like I did to sip my my tea on Sunday morning. And I'm grateful to have friends who uh, like being around me enough to invite me to stay overnight. That's a whole other story. But, you know... This is very counterintuitive, but one of my favorite places to be is on a on a decently long road trip, uh, typically with my boys, and then pepper, peppering me with all sorts of questions about this, that, and the other, and them filling me with their trivia and the stuff that they've learned uh, just harkens back to the days of driving with my dad on longer road trips and just just the boys with absolutely zero offense to my wife and and having the whole family together there's just something about 2 or 3 hours in the car with my boys just hanging out and chatting that's that's really sort of my fortress of solitude on wheels if you like McGarry 
You know what? I'm going to need some serenity right about now because I've just realized that my pen is gone. Somebody over the weekend uh, looks like, appears to have absconded with my pen. Oh, so I, I was hoping that. you would use that word. Take it to the lake, man. Yeah. Take it to the lake and just relax. <laughs> I need serenity to go to the now. lake. Well, we're going to throw somebody in the lake. Hey, Macklin, you ever just call people up and go, I'm stressed. Do you want to guess this weekend? <laughs> oh, dude. It's, Are you guys busy? Like, do you want plant, me to come plant, relax? Planting seeds constantly. In fact, I've just planted a seed for next weekend. Oh, <laughs> attaboy. Uh, Forty, what about you? My parents have a cottage at Winnipeg Beach, and I love sitting on the long piers they have there because you kind of feel like you're like in the water, but you're not in the water. It's very relaxing. You hear the waves, the wind through my hair. Through, yeah. Like blowing, th- flowing through your hair. Yeah, Tothan was all about that. Oh, <laughs> let it just the the water air for your hair is just it'll it'll expand the life of your flow a, a couple of years minimum for every day you spend out in the water. Except the the humidity gets my hair and all of a sudden it's a, I turn to a Q-tip. And that's that's just not me. It's Vidal Sassoon will tell you that too if you ever have a chance to talk flow with him. All right. <laughs> or her. I don't know what Vidal Sassoon is actually. <laughs> Jeff Braun, you there? Other than a brand. I'm here. And what's yours? Uh, for me, I, I, I like the water as well, but for me, really, it's uh, it's more about driving. And my favorite is to wake up early on a Saturday or Sunday morning, like at 6.30 or so, and go grab a coffee and some breakfast. And then I just I go for a country. I find some lonely highway with no traffic on it that uh, doesn't do where I don't really know where it's going to go. And I just uh, take that for an hour or two and listen to maybe a favorite podcast or something like that. And Look at the fields. That's what my dad used to do when we drive. He'd spend more time staring out the side window than looking in front of him, which is kind of terrifying. But uh, there's something about just looking at those fields when you're driving by that really does it for me. And you, you, so, but you, you don't listen to like uh, some of your favorite music. So I think of some of the relaxing music you enjoy, like Metallica or Slayer. The Slayer is more of a I'm coming home from work kind of relaxation because I'm still all, you know, frustrated from <laughs> working with you guys all day and it, you need the Slayer to unwind there. But uh, on the weekend morning, I like just a, a good podcast that I'm listening to, some movie nerd stuff usually. The water, there is something special about the water. And for me, it's being out on the water in the rare opportunity where I have to do so. Like when I went to Lake Malachi with uh, my friend Mike Grovner a couple of years ago when we were in his boat. Uh, I get it, man. I understand why people who have boats are into it. It's so nice to be out in the water, especially when the water is calm. And then conversely, uh, and Jeff's mentioned this too, the being out on a cruise ship. I found being, I've said this oh, before, yeah. but on the back deck, being out in the middle of nowhere, like not being able to see land in any direction, uh, maybe the most peaceful I've ever felt because I was untethered from reality, so to speak. It's something about the relationship with water. Uh, is it was it uh, John F. Kennedy says we, we are of the water, and this whole idea <laughs> wow. that we are very much. I think that's also a Slayer lyric. Is it a Slayer lyric? No, or are you not, just no. being a smart aleck? It should be. It should be. Well, let's write a song around that. Uh, there is something about being on the water and even looking out, or or just being on the water that is so tranquil and relaxing. Oh, is it Friday yet? I'm ready to go back. <laughs> so here's what we need from you at 204-780-6868. Tell us a story about where you are at most at peace. Is it a spot? Is it an activity? What is it? Tell us a story for a chance to win those bomber tickets at 204-780-6868. We'll give them away just after 915. <laughs> 
Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. McNabb's off for a couple of days. Thank you very much for joining us this morning on The Start. And thank you, Greg, by the way, for coming to the rescue. I mentioned in my last segment, it looks like somebody absconded with my pen over the weekend that was on my desk. I, I suspect I know who it is. I got to just go searching through the newsroom. But uh, Greg came, ran in, and I guess he had an extra pen. So thanks, GMAC. Don't let me forget that this is your pen. I don't want to abscond with your pen. It's a gift, Brett. It's a, oh. bre- it's a gift. It was 39 cents. It'll, it'll be okay. It'll all come out in the wash. Getting lots of feedback at 204-780-6860. And what we talked about last half hour, where I declared that I am not voting in this federal election. I would like my count, my vote to count. I'm still going to show up and accept my ballot. But unfortunately, uh, because I'm declining the vote, it, that won't count for anything. It'll just go into the reject pile. And Manitoba, at the provincial level, you can formally decline your ballot. So I wish I could do that at the federal level, but I can't. But I'm still going to show up all the same uh, because I just I, I hate the fact that we're going back to the polls. I think it's a joke. Uh, Joanne was one who sent us some feedback on our text line. Yeah, she says she was driving when you were both talking about the stupid election. Love the idea of everyone who is sick of voting for the lesser of. I, too, have no one I would like to win on any ballot. All lie like a sidewalk with (laughs) empty promises that they hardly ever fulfill. The easiest job is the leader of the opposition as they blab on and on about how bad everything is going. Yet it would be the same if those idiots were not simply the opposition. Pretty darn easy to criticize. I'll vote for a baby kangaroo (laughs) before any of the people presently on the ballots. That (coughs) texter who sent in grow up. Glad all is fine in your world, although I am at a loss as to how it can be in regards to elections. Thank you, Joanne. We appreciate your feedback. Uh, 780-6868. Don't be shy. Give it a try. And I also just want to say thanks uh, to Sleel, who sent uh, a very entertaining and angry email. So angry, in fact, that I can't even read it on the air. But uh, he, needless to say, he was uh, he was in agreement uh, with my stance on it. Uh, but, uh, yeah, <laughs> I'll just have to forward it to you, Greg. But we appreciate all the feedback, regardless of how salty it gets. In the meantime... Want to switch gears here at 8.30. We're going to talk some more football with Bob Irving. He joins us every Monday at 8.35. But late last evening, the Canadian Football League announced it is postponing this Thursday's game in Tirana between the Argonauts and the Edmonton Elks because the league received word yesterday that a number of Elks players have tested positive for COVID-19. The CFL says in that statement, this is in keeping with the standard of care for COVID-19 and professional sport. It also reflects our desire to put the health and safety of our players, coaches and staff, as well as public health above all other considerations. The Elks will not practice or travel until our chief medical officers and public health officials have assured us it is safe for them to do so. All of the Elks Tier 1 personnel, including players, coaches and support staff, will now be subject to an enhanced testing protocol, which includes isolation, Brett. Now, in early August, the Canadian Football League introduced a policy that will apply to any game cancellations caused by that are cancelled by COVID-19 issues. According to the policy, if a game cannot be played as scheduled because of COVID-19 issues and it cannot be rescheduled, quote, 
and one club is suffering from the COVID-19 issues, that club will forfeit the game and be assigned a loss, while its opponent will be credited with a win by a score of one to nothing. And both clubs are suffering from the COVID-19 issues, then both clubs will forfeit the game and be assigned a loss. Yes, and so in both of those, these circumstances, there is an incentive for a majority or a vast majority of the team to be uh, vaccinated, Brett, if a team can prove that 85% of its players under contract have been vaccinated at least once and preferably fully, its players will receive their salary for the cancelled game. And just to be clear, we're not at that point yet. This game has not yet been cancelled. It has been postponed with no date established for uh, rescheduling the game. If the team falls below that forty-five, uh, that 85% threshold, the entire team will not receive its salary. So there's a little bit of an incentive there for players to be encouraging one another to get vaccinated. The Elks' most recent opponent, the BC Lions, will participate in an enhanced protocol and will be monitored closely this week upon review. With the CFL's chief medical officers, we do not believe the Lions were exposed to a high risk of infection. The league is now working to reschedule the game between the Elks and the Argonauts. And Brett, this is unfortunate for several reasons based on published articles and reports about ratings with regard to TV so far this season. The CFL has captured a significant audience following its one-year absence. And according to the website 3 Down Nation, the season opener between the Tiger Cats and Blue Bombers as an example saw 31% more viewers than the league season opener in 2019. And of course, the Toronto Argonauts and the market in which they play is an important market for the league. And with the Argos win versus the Blue Bombers on Saturday, the Argos have the best record in the East and are tied with the Blue Bombers for the second best record in the league. So in terms of maybe selling some more tickets, garnering and generating more interest, the timing of this is just really bad. Plain and simple. Cool. Yeah. Well, and you, you, it's easy to see the excitement that has returned for the CFL anywhere you go. Like anywhere I go for a drive, a walk, I see people wearing their bomber stuff. On Saturday, we were sitting around the Dye's backyard, uh, a friend of ours, and uh, one of us says, oh, how do we not have Bob on? How do we, we didn't have the bomber game on because we were just, we were in deeply ensconced in our chat. But uh, somebody thought, oh, my God, I got to check the Bomber game. And then it turns out the game was already over and uh, the Bombers had lost over the weekend. But uh, I was, you know, I the Bombers sent us uh, those those masks. So that's the, the primary mask that I wear now. I've got a Bomber T-shirt on underneath my, my Zwicke sweater here. You've probably got, I think you've got a bomber jacket there. I do, absolutely. And normally I would have my hat on. Just to give you an example, I know we have to break here, but just on Saturday, we're at the cottage. It's raining, it's pouring rain, there's wind, and we had no way to tune in the Blue Bomber game on TV. I said, guys, we can just listen to it. Now I want to see it. We had uh, at least 12 people in the cottage. Nine of them wanted to have the game on the TV. We went to a friend's place, (laughs) essentially broke into their cottage. We had a key. The alarm went off. We had to make a phone call to the alarm company and the individual whose cottage it was for an Apple TV so we could stream it. (laughs) And then we went back to the cottage, realized we didn't get the remote control for the Apple TV. (laughs) And we were willing to go all the way back 10 minutes in this storm to go and get the remote, but we figured it out. We were able to get it on the TV. And there was at least nine, everybody 
gathered around and watched that game on Saturday from 11 years old all the way up to me being the senior citizen. So the CFL <laughs> and its popularity, uh, that's encapsulated in one afternoon at the cottage. Mackling and McGarry McNabb is off for a couple of days. We got bomber tickets to give away for this Sunday's game at IG Field versus Calgary. And we're asking you, where are you most at peace? Based on the pictures and video of Greg that he posted at Lake of the Woods over the weekend. You can see them on his Instagram at GMACWPG. Sandy says, I am most at peace in my backyard on my swing attached to the pergola. I sit on there and... Water my English garden, which is made up of beautiful perennials, but mostly has my late mom's, uh, is it peonies? Is that how you say that? That sounds right to me. Peonies in them from her old garden. Birds sit on the fence, and I love to hear them chirp. I fill up their bird bath and their bird seed, and they pay me back with the gift of song. And I feel like my mom is with me then. Having a glass of wine helps too. <laughs> LOL, Sandy. Oh, that's all wonderful. Thank you for that, Sandy. Uh, uh, I do have a, a lot of uh, peace and tranquility when I'm watering my flowers as well, although they got away from me for a, a week or so, and so I've got some deadheading to do again and some flowers that I don't think are coming back. But I understand why people get into the gardening thing. I can see how relaxing it must be and rewarding on the other end. Isn't it the is it the first or second most popular hobby? I believe it is the most popular hobby in Canada. I think it's bird watching that uh, is That's in right. second place or the yep. second most Canadians that consider themselves uh, a bird watcher versus gardening. So, yeah, I can see that. I get it. I'm I'm getting into it a little more. I don't think I could do a a food like a fruit or vegetable garden though, Brett. I, I think I just hate the rabbits in my neighborhood even more. <laughs> and we want to send some condolences to Sean, who says, my place of absolute peace was just on the couch snuggling with my great Pyrenees, Kali. She had this calming effect about her when she'd put her head on you, but unfortunately, she passed away on Tuesday. So I'll have to find a new way to find peace. So Shauna, our condolences. Terribly sorry to hear that. She's shared a lovely picture of uh, just a beautiful dog. So thank you for uh, letting us know what's happening in your world. And you can text us at any time, 204-780-6868, especially this morning for a chance to win some bomber tickets that we'll give away just after 9 or 15. Mackling and McGarry McNabb on vacation heads up at 11 o'clock today. The first round of Vax to Win scholarship winners will be announced at the legislative building. Last week, we got the first round of the winners of the $100,000 prize. This week, we're getting the scholarship winners. So that is at 11 o'clock. In a moment, we're going to talk about the Taliban and racism. But before we get to that, we're asking you, where is your peaceful place? Gary Hook with... Another great text. Oh boy, Gary, we love your text messages. We appreciate them every day. It is so important to find that special place or activity where we can be at peace with ourselves. I was torn between two. The crackling campfire on a cool, crisp fall evening or the one I settled on sitting by the shore, preferably on an ocean shore, and listening to the waves, the surf rolling in at night and the rhythmic sound of it crashing onto the beach. Well... There's something special and calming about it. Double bonus if you have a clear sky with the stars sparkling in the night sky and the surf 
Thundering Inn. Definitely a place I can relax and be at peace. In our next segment, I mentioned GFK's philosophy about our connection to the WADA. Well, it wasn't the water, it was the sea. And we'll play some audio for you on the other side of this important discussion with a good friend of our show, Brett McGarry. That's right. And and keep those texts coming on peaceful places for a chance to win bomber tickets for this Sunday. We'll give them away at 9.15. So I saw something on Instagram over the weekend about the Taliban, and it gave me pause. The message was along the lines of, and I don't remember the exact verbiage, and uh, the post is gone. It was it was posted on an Instagram story, so it only lives there for 24 hours. But it was, the line was, it's okay to be critical of the Taliban without being a racist or Islamophobic jerk. The man who posted that is our friend, psychologist Dr. Raymond Abdurrahman, joining us live on 680 CJOB. Raymond, good morning to you, sir. Good morning to you folks, too. So sometimes I marvel, Raymond, at how far we've come as a species, and sometimes I wonder, <laughs> it feels like we haven't advanced at all because we, we see this kind of Islamophobia just time and time again. Yes. You know, it's, uh, anytime things like this happen... Um people in the Muslim community really cringe. And it's, and it's not just because the values represented uh, in these kinds of horrific places and events don't reflect our beliefs, but because we're waiting for the other shoe to drop. Um, you know, what we know is that anytime events like this happen, rates of Islamophobia and hate crimes against other people of color uh, who people perceive to be Muslim actually increase. So, Raymond, talk about the Taliban, if you can, and and their belief system and and the incredible horrors that they have laid upon and and, and enacted in Afghanistan over the decades and and what might be happening there now and and how it reflects, I'm guessing not at all, the true true, uh, Muslim faith. Well, you know, the interesting thing is that there are horrible things happening all over the world, and certainly the Taliban are purveyors of those kinds of things. But it's very easy for us to kind of lump all people from a certain background together. You know, there's a, a lot of white terrorists who work on behalf of what they believe are Christian beliefs, and we're not very quick to lump together all Christian people uh, with with white supremacy and white terrorism uh, yet when it comes to Islam, we're very quick to do that. And that's the challenging piece. So, yes, it's horrible, uh, but it, it doesn't mean that we need to we need to be mindful of a bias that we carry that loops all of us, that loops people in together. And that's the dangerous piece. One of the things that I always encourage people to do is you know, people say, what am I supposed to say? You know, it's horrible. Does that mean I can't say anything? No, no, it's, we should be outspoken about the horrible things happening. But we should also be mindful about what things we're choosing to speak about. And it's very interesting that bias or our view that people who are foreign, people who have beliefs uh, that are different from us, um, are more likely to have these kinds of problems. So interestingly enough, you know, we're noticing all these problems that are happening in Afghanistan. We're not noticing what's happening in our own country. And in our own country, we have a bill, Bill 21 in Quebec, that actually prevents women uh, from wearing what they what they would like, what they choose, if they want to have a government job, in order to have a government-based job, 
they need to abide by what the state says that they should be wearing. Now, that sounds very much like Taliban rule. I'm not saying that we've gone as far, but certainly the principle is being activated. That's happening in France. That's happening here. So if we're going to be speaking out about women's rights, and we should, and we should be vocal about them, we need to be smart and by choosing to speak about that everywhere. All women should be mindful. All women, all, all men should be mindful. We should all be mindful about what it is we're speaking about. Now, when it comes to the anger and, uh, you know, the racism uh, that has come out uh, since what happened with the Taliban in Afghanistan, you know, we, we see this kind of reaction all the time as it pertains to people of color, whether it's an international crisis like the yeah. Taliban in Afghanistan or even when there's a spontaneous indigenous protest on Portage Avenue that snarls up traffic. Why do some people just descend so quickly into that kind of level of hatred? Yeah, it's a good question. And I think it speaks to the beliefs that we carry. I mean, anger is a normal emotion, but we, it does need to be checked, right? Anger is not an emotion. Any emotion can't go unchecked. You know, if it's self-hatred, hatred towards other people, we need to be mindful about why is it that we're carrying that? Are the beliefs that we have about that anger justified, validated? Do the information that we have about those people or about ourselves, validated. And if we're not going to be checking our beliefs, then it's very easy to jump to an emotion that can be very damaging. So any excess of any emotion can be problematic, and certainly that's the case with anger. Raymond, we have this conversation about uh, crime every once in a while and uh, the meth crisis and some things that might be happening, quote-unquote, in our mind to other people and we see it in our own community. Oh, that doesn't affect me because uh, it's, it's nobody in my family or, or in my circle of friends. Or geographically, uh, these things all happen in a certain part of the city, whether it be uh, murders or, or other violent crime. I, I'm not affected by this. Why, why are we so quick to find a reason to not be concerned? What, what is it emotionally or psychologically that has us dry, drawing those boundaries and building those walls uh, either around ourselves or or those uh, bad situations in our society? Well, there's a concept called cognitive dissonance. You know, we create a separation uh, between us and the situations that are problematic. Uh, and I think for some people, it's a sense of safety. For some people, it's a sense of complacency. Uh, what we don't tend to recognize is that we are interconnected as a community. You know, there are systems that impact mental health, systems that impact economy, systems that impact everything about human beings. That's the interesting thing about human beings is that we are all interconnected. There's an ongoing butterfly effect that what one person does will impact other people. And so we think sometimes that what we do doesn't impact the world or what happens in the world doesn't impact us. And that's further from the truth. And you can ask anybody who's been through any crisis, they'll say, you know, I really didn't think this impacted me until... And that's when I realized how many things and how people are interconnected. So us being aware and mindful of that upfront can allow us to make choices that not only mitigate anger, but also racism lead to a better life for, I think, all of us. Raymond, before we let you go on, we're speaking with psychologist Dr. Raymond Abdurrahman. Uh, we do want to connect some dots here back to mental health because you're a psychologist and we often turn to you to talk about mental wellness. Is it healthy to carry this kind of anger or hatred inside you? like Because I find for me personally, and I can't speak for anybody else, but for me personally, I just I, I find that anger and hatred take a real toll on my soul. 
Yeah, you know, and anger is something that anything that's in excess is going to cause you problems. The question is, what do we do with the emotions that we have? Um, there, there are people whose anger will get in the way with their relationships. Um, anger can get in the way of us being productive in the work that we do. So what I don't want to, well, the message I don't want to give is that we need to have some Ned Flanders kind of view on things where we, you know, we push down and suppress our emotions. In fact, that's what causes difficulty, I think, societally. When we're not taught about how to manage those difficult feelings, they're more likely to come out because we don't have the skills on how to deal with them. But there are skills that we can do that learn, that teach us how to have some control over our anger. And there's a couple of things that we need to do. Number one, we need to be able to rationalize our thinking to make sure that that adjusts our emotion. But number two, anger can be motivating if we have some sense of control. So if our, if our anger is justified, if there's a reason why our anger, if somebody's hurt us in some way, you know, working on a solution can help alleviate some of that. So focusing on solution-focused thinking and solution-focused actions can be a way to manage that. And that can make anger much more functional than we think it is. Dr. Raymond Abdurrahman, before we let you go, buddy, uh, then thank you for the insight that you provide, as always. Uh, I just wanted to quickly ask you this, because yesterday I caught you just as you were on your way out to a movie. So uh, how was Paw Patrol? <laughs> Paw Patrol was actually not too bad, actually. Okay. It was fun, yeah. There you go. He had to, Greg, he had some hesitation about going to see Paw Patrol. I'm like, no, man, it's getting great reviews. Well, you know, yeah. I understand as a parent sometimes you don't want to go to these things, but you, but you do your duty. Well done. I'm not sure that yeah. that review would, uh, you know, get you a guest spot on the couch potatoes, but uh, <laughs> it was a good try anyway. <laughs> Thanks, Raymond. I'll we appreciate you very much. Thank you. <laughs> Dr. Raymond Abdurrahman joins us from time to time. He is a psychologist with Clinic Psychology Manitoba. And, of course, he also has a page on social media, Winnipeg Love. So make sure you check that out as well. Mackling and McGarry McNabb is away for a couple of days. GMAC, it's Monday. What That means what? At 8.30. Well, it's probably one of our most favorite segments of the week. Bob Irving, voice of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, joins us to discuss all things sports, a sports weekend in review. It will be, here's a warning, very heavily slanted on the CFL this this coming uh, 8.37 because the CFL, have, of course, has announced the postponement of Thursday's game between the Elks and Argonauts because of several Edmonton players testing positive for COVID-19. So what does that mean to the league? We'll discuss with Bob. We'll also review what happened in Toronto Saturday afternoon as the Blue Bombers fell to the Argonauts and saw their record fall to 2-1. and one. Question of the day at cjob.com. Should Elections Canada allow you to formally decline your vote so it counts? Yes or no? Cast your vote at cjob.com. We'll put that up on Twitter as well, at 680CJOB. But we're asking this question because in our last, well, earlier this morning at 637, I explained the reasons why I am not voting for anybody in this election. I am so annoyed that we are going back to the polls, that uh, I just, I, I'm declining the, this election. Uh, I don't support any of them. Uh, but I'm still going to show up, and I was hoping there was a formal procedure to 
pro, you know, submit a protest vote or formally decline it. Like you, you can at the provincial level decline your ballot and have it count as a declined ballot. But at the federal level, there is no such uh, thing. Even if you drink your ballot, like 20 years ago, there was a group. Uh, who called themselves the uh, Edible Ballot Society, and they were doing things like bringing a blender to the polling station and blending their ballot in with food and drinking it in protest. Uh, so, But I'm still going to show up uh, because I, I want to be a part of the process. Getting lots of feedback, Greg, at 204-780-6868. Well, I just wanted to emphatically suggest or emphatically support the idea that this is not partic- this is not, not participating. This is, you're looking for a formal way to participate in an event, in a situation where you're unhappy with all of the options presented. And I think a lot of our listeners feel that that's something that should exist. Here's uh, one of our listeners saying this, I can't help but sympathize with the feeling of why are we voting and who will I vote for? And what is the point of all this? My riding is a stronghold for the party I don't want in power and voting every time has felt pointless. I will vote, but I do sympathize with your feeling. It seems a lot like... How did South Park put it? Trying to pick between a, well, if you want to know how that line finishes, you'll have to uh, Google it. <laughs> Not safe for broadcast, but it's a good point. And, and uh, that's a great point. And thank you for bringing that up. There are a lot of ridings that are strongholds for a particular party. Uh, you know, my dad used to, to make the joke, the, they could put a pig we had one listener say, I'll vote for a baby kangaroo before. Sure. Well, he said that you could put a pig in these colors and run it in that riding, and that pig would win. Uh, so if you're not one of those who supports that stronghold party, your vote might just feel like you're wasting your time. Yeah, and I understand that as well, but I would suggest that that is not the time to sit home and not vote. Um, find somebody that you do support. And if you can't, then I believe this option needs to exist so that at some level, at some point, the message will get through, hey, Liberal Party of Canada, hey, Conservative Party of Canada, NDP Party, all the other fringe parties, if you want to categorize them as such, you need to be better. And if you want me to get engaged, you need to put up better candidates. And I think that message would come louder and clearer if we had that option. In 2019, the last election that we had, Brett, 67% of eligible voters voted. How much more of a clear signal would exist to these parties that you're not doing well enough if the actual turnout was closer to 87% and 20% of people either declined or spoiled their ballot in order to make a statement? Give us and those of us who are unsatisfied with the way things are, a voice. I went back to through every federal election in Canadian history, and the most number of people who turned out was in 1958, 79.4% wow. of eligible voters. So Canada, as a country, never been over 80% in terms of voter turnout. Another listener saying, I was surprised to hear Brett say he is wasting his vote in the upcoming federal election. While I agree with everyone, there is... Nobody I really want to vote for. 
Uh, and I, too, am tired of voting for the party I feel will do the least amount of damage during their term. I will always exercise my right to vote. We are fortunate in our country to have an electoral system that is truly put in place by the people, even though the various parties only have their individual agendas at the end of the day. Wasting one's vote means you do not get to complain after the fact. This is a very thoughtful text, but I this final line, wasting one's vote means you do not get to complain after the fact. I'm so I, I gotta be honest, I'm really tired of that that complaint. That's sort of like this this fallback. Well, if you don't vote, you can't complain. I want my vote to count if there was a way for me to formally reject the vote and have it count then that's my way of participating in this sense susan says you know what if enough people spoil their ballots and like even write down on the ballot why uh you're spoiling they might actually pay attention so even though it's not formal it might still count for something. Well, and I think the very point is that there needs to be a formal process for those who are committed to being a part of the process but don't feel as though they have a worthy or worthwhile option, that opportunity. And so to waste your vote, to use that terminology, I think we got to get rid of that altogether because wasting your vote is not showing up at the polls at all. What you're doing, in my opinion, is not the the equivalent. Can I read part of Sleel's email here? Sure. All right, here comes Sleel. Sleel is a very loyal listener and emailer uh, to multiple programs on CJOB. He says, that is my foreseeable plan for the future. Declining my ballot. None of these stains who call themselves our political leaders deserve support. I refuse to vote for the least worst just because those among us say if we don't vote for the idiots we don't support is wasting our vote. Wasting a vote is being a brain-dead gerbil (laughs) voting over and over for the same jerk that always breaks their word. Then they have the nerve to complain that nothing changes. They then go and vote for the worthless candidates again. No party says they have mixed support of those who are all for them and those that held their nose and were almost puking when (laughs) voting for them. Nope, it's all Canadians voted for us until there is a party with a platform to vote for rather than voting against the worst trash options I vote declined. Sleel, thank you very much for your passion. We mentioned earlier, can't read that email on the air. We just had to sanitize it up a little bit to make it more suitable for broadcast because this radio station might lose the license if we read Sleel's email unedited. But Sleel, GMAC and I both very much enjoyed your email in its original form, and we thank you for your feedback. We thank all of you for your feedback. Whether you agree with us or not, the conversation is welcome. Let's just try to keep it civil, uh, and then we'll just like, you know, it's okay to disagree with each other. We don't just we don't have to be jerks to each other. That's right. This is the ultimate form of democracy in my mind. This ability to exchange these thoughts freely and openly. Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. McNabb is off for a couple of days, but uh, we need you to continue to text us at 204-780-6868. We're asking you, where do you go? For peace, do you have a spot? Do you have an activity that you like to do? 
204-780-6868. I like this person who says, I started going on solo backcountry canoe trips, getting on the water and lost somewhere in the backcountry, no cell reception, no people, and just immersed in nature. That sounds like fun. I remember being on a canoe in West Hawk Lake. This goes back 10, 11, maybe even 12 years ago. Stayed at a place called Tall Pines Lodge in the mm. West Hawk Lake region with my then girlfriend, and uh, they had a canoe that you could just take, run it down the street and get in the water, and uh, it would could have been relaxing because <laughs> yeah, a beautiful spot. It's just so beautiful, especially with some of the cabins in that particular launch point on the the cliff are just monstrous. So it, it's a neat, neat spot, but uh, we didn't. Uh, neither of us are experienced canoe. Artists, so it was a kind of a disaster, and <laughs> she was not happy, and I was kind of laughing at the whole thing. But then that made her more mad, so uh, it didn't end up being relaxing. But it could have been, it could have been. I saw the potential. Coulda, woulda, shoulda. <laughs> so keep those coming for a chance to win bomber tickets for this upcoming Sunday uh, against Calgary, and you know. Things didn't exactly go as planned Saturday afternoon for the Winnipeg Football Club. From the seven, first and goal. Calaris into the end zone, wide open, touchdown. Rashid Bailey and the Bombers making an eight-point game with 2-12 still remaining. Mm-hmm. Tyler Crepina added the extra point, but that's as close as the Bombers would get. They couldn't get the ball back, and the game ends. Toronto 30, Winnipeg 23, and... The Blue Bomber place-kicking game was not a highlight Saturday afternoon. There were many other things not to like about what happened at BMO Field. Bob Irving, voice of the Blue Bombers, joins us now. Good morning, Bob. Good morning, you guys. We'll get to the Elks-Argonauts postponement momentarily here, Bob, but place-kicking, I imagine, will be at the top of the list of conversation when you meet with the coach on the coach's show at 7 o'clock tonight. Yeah, we'll talk about that for sure. I don't know what Mike O'Shea will have to say about that, but uh, Tyler Crepinia had a field goal partially blocked, and he missed another one. And uh, I don't know if it would have made a difference, a big enough difference on Saturday, but those things are concerning. They got beat, uh, Greg and Brett, in most aspects of the game on Saturday. I don't want to put it all down to the kicking, but, uh, you know, they their offense wasn't very good. Their defense wasn't very good. Their special teams weren't as good as Toronto's. And when you add those up, it's kind of remarkable. The Bombers only lost the game by seven points and had a chance if they could have made a stop at the end to maybe go in and tie the game. But they just weren't as good as Toronto on Saturday afternoon. And I don't know, one of the things I wondered about is we've been telling this team and these players for the last two or three weeks how good they are. And maybe that got to their heads a little bit. I don't think Mike O'Shea would agree with that, but you do wonder. And Toronto is fired up, and Toronto's got a pretty good team this year. You know, I like the look of their club. It looks like it's a vastly improved team. They were 4-14 four and 14 in 2019, but they have a new head coach, a new quarterback who is very sharp. So add it all up, and it was a weekend to forget, really, for the Bombers, but the beauty of sport is there's always another game to play, and Calgary will be here on Sunday, and the Bombers have a chance to get it right back on track. Now, you referenced uh, the problems on offense, problems on defense. Bombers had a tough time establishing any sort of rhythm on offense. The Argos held the ball for nearly twice as long as did the Bombers, so lots of issues out of that, including the defense being on the field for too long. But what happened to the Blue Bomber offense? Well, they just got beat. Uh, You know, those questions, Brett, don't have a simple answer. 
they weren't sharp. They dropped some passes. For those who saw the game, they had three or four passes dropped, and those are drive killers. The protection wasn't what it needed to be. Uh, Zach Kolaris was on our postgame show, the Bomber quarterback, and he didn't feel he was as sharp as he needed to be. They just uh, couldn't get anything going. I mean, midway through the second quarter, they still hadn't made a first down, which is kind of mind-boggling when you think about it because this offense is better than that. They couldn't run the ball effectively again, and that's all a matter of uh, the other team simply taking away the things you like to do and you not being able to come back with any answers or to out-physical them, as Michael Shea likes to say. So... It's just uh, one of those things that happens in a sporting event. Uh, one team beats the other, and there are many reasons for it. And uh, that's just the way it goes sometimes. How's that for a clear answer, Brett? <laughs> My father-in-law would say, I know why. It's just yeah. one of those things. Yeah. And uh, sometimes it boils down to that. Uh, maybe it highlights the fact that those back-to-back the games are very difficult to win both ends because if you win the first game, you, you're not necessarily inclined to change anything, Bob, because, you know, well, we played pretty well. But I, I think there were enough players and coaches saying we need to be better that that's probably not a factor here. But you mentioned physicality. And for those that saw the game or maybe the highlight of Brandon Alexander and his collision with the, uh, with the Toronto receiver, uh, a, a play on which he received a 15-yard penalty. Uh, you can comment on whether that should have been a penalty or not, but what, what's a player like Alexander supposed to do there? Is, does he get out of the way? Maybe you can walk us through that situation, Bob. Well, football's a game of instant reaction, right? And Brandon Alexander is the bomber's safety. He likes to hit people, you know, fair and clean. He's, he's seen throughout the league as a clean player. He's not a chippy or a dirty player, but he will hit you. And on that play, he saw the ball coming to Devaris Daniels, the Toronto receiver, and he moved in that direction. And uh, clearly his thought process was, I'm going to break this play up. I'm going to hit this guy. And he did. Now, the Argos will tell you it was a split second too late. And he, his shoulder contacted Devaris's upper body and his head and knocked him you know, to the turf. And he was out of the game at that point, although apparently he's feeling much better today. But I didn't think it was a dirty hit. Uh, it was a it was a football play that looked bad when it was over, but I've seen it before, and we'll see it again. The very nature of the game is for players like Brandon Alexander uh, to be aggressive, and occasionally there are going to be hits like that that look really nasty and ugly and violent, which they are, but are they illegal or dirty? I don't think they are. The Argos uh, win at home on Saturday, play again. Supposed to play again this coming Thursday versus Edmonton, but the Elks players tested positive for COVID-19, so never a good time for something like this to to come out. Well, this is the league's worst nightmare right now, that this would happen. You know, they were hoping when the season began that all the protocols and rules they have in place, they could avoid this, but this is just the worst-case scenario uh, you know, and the hope is that it doesn't move on through other teams because if you start postponing games as late as this season started, there's not going to be time to replay them. And, uh, man, oh, man, this is a frightening moment. Now let's hope that it's just the Elks. I know all the other teams, I say all the other teams, I know the Bombers have tried very hard to follow all the rules. We all know that in Alberta they're taking a much sort of carefree approach to COVID, although the teams in the CFL aren't supposed to be. We don't know what caused this or, you know, what was at the root of it. 
but they've postponed the game. They're going to try to reschedule it. That's going to be very difficult. You maybe throw it in there during what was supposed to be a bye week. But we just had, you know, Mike O'Shea talked about this. Uh, other people with the Bombers have talked about this. We have to follow the rules. We cannot afford to have these kind of things happen because then our season is in jeopardy. We cannot afford to lose our season. So this is a real red flag for the CFL. Let's hope it ends here with the Elks. Uh, but, yeah, this is a scary moment for the Canadian Football League. It really is. We've heard Bob, uh, Mike O'Shea, talk about the idea of starting the season isn't our goal. Our goal is to finish the season, and that, I, I guess, goes without saying, but this really highlights that, that getting back on the field, uh, those TV ratings have been really quite good for the league, and then to have this hiccup uh, for Toronto when they win their first home game in 600-plus days and maybe build some momentum and getting more people interested in their team on Thursday night. This is not going to help that. Does the CFL help its own cause? And I'll just ask this honestly, Bob. We reached out to the CFL, to a couple different communications people this morning, asking for Randy Ambrosi to join us to give us you know, his take and, and to update us, whether there was one or not, just lend his voice to this story. Does, does the league do themselves a favor when they go into radio silence? I'm not accusing them of doing that, but they have done that in the past. Well, their explanation, and I talked to them, Greg, this morning, was this just came out yesterday, and they're deciding, they have a meeting on as we're speaking right now, to decide how they're going to handle the, the media requests and how they're going to respond to this. And, and I think when they do respond, and they put out a statement yesterday, uh, which I think was quite honest, and I know in the media we we all want somebody to come on the air with us right away and tell us what's going on, and it doesn't always work that way. And the CFL is no different from other leagues in that regard. You know, they take their time, especially in a situation where it's a little delicate and and they want to be careful how they respond. Probably uh, they're getting more information, too, from the Elks on how this came about, who was involved, which players were involved, that sort of thing. So uh, I hear you, Greg. I hear you. You know, you and I are in the same boat in terms of you want somebody on. Hey, I want you right now. I want you to tell me what's happening. Uh, you know, sometimes uh, we just have to wait. We'll we'll do that patiently, Bob. Thank yeah. you for being the voice of reason. I, I get that. It's hard to do, but... Uh, yeah, I, look, here's what we know. This is not good. Let's hope it begins and ends with the elk, Elks and there are no more disruptions to the season. It's, the league can't afford that. It just can't. Bob Irving, voice of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. He joins us every Monday just after the 8.30 news. Thank you very much, Bob. Pleasure as always. Okay, you guys. 8.47 on 680 CJOB with Mackling and McGarry. Greg, would you like it better if they were called the Elk or do you prefer the Elks? Elks is growing on me. Yeah. Yeah, I, I buy the uh, grammatical error argument that they should be the Elk, but Elks feels a little bit different, a little bit better in my mind. So uh, I'm, I'm okay with it. I, I wasn't against it in the first place, but I, I yeah, Elks works for me. And don't forget the coaches show tonight, 7 till 8. I think the phone lines are going to be humming tonight, Brett. Mackling and McGarry, McNabb is on vacation. Question of the day at cjob.com. Should Elections Canada allow you to formally decline your vote so it counts? And so far at cjob.com, we've got 71% who say yes, 29% Mm. say no. Was that a reaction of surprise there, Greg Mackling? It is a reaction of surprise, and um, it's 
completely uh, reflective in our text messages at 780-6868. Getting ahead of myself here because, you know, I want to express the fact that for probably every uh, two or three listeners who are admonishing uh, the notion of being able to decline or spoil your ballot to be heard in an election, we've probably got six or seven listeners who completely agree with wanting that option. It's even closer on Twitter. 55% say yes, 45% say no. Uh, so cast your vote, cjob.com, or on Twitter, at 680CJOB. And uh, some of the feedback that we're getting here, I see, Greg, you have harvested that. Yeah, uh, one text messenger saying, this is our country, we have responsibility to govern it. When you vote, you vote for two things. We each vote for the individual party we want to support. We all vote to run Canada based upon authority of parliament. All elected members must submit to, if people don't like the options, set up their own party that responds to issues via the vote of its members, not via the authority of who's ever uh, in charge of the party. And then the, now this response, is this your response? This is my response and uh, response to this. I've gone back and I've looked at some of the uh, voting totals. Every uh, federal election uh, that we've had in our country, the largest turnout we've ever had is 79.4%. It's interesting because that's when John B. Diefenbaker was elected a second time, just nine months after he led the Conservative Party to victory in a minority form. He pulled the trigger on an election in March of 1963 and had 79.4% of the population turn out. And it was an absolutely overwhelming, crushing victory for the Conservatives. But my question is this. Are we not doing democracy a disservice if we don't do our best to determine why people aren't voting? We can have all these feelings that you're having, and I agree with a lot of them. I I personally do agree with a lot of them, but take this into account and, and ponder this. In 2018, in the Winnipeg Civic election, only 42% of eligible voters went to the polls. So without going down too much of a math rabbit hole, Brian Bowman got twice as many votes as his next closest competitor. That's an impressive win. But it also means he is mayor for four years with only one in five Winnipeggers having voted for him. 20%. And Brett, I think you could make the argument that voter turnout was probably... mm, improved, if you dare use that word, based on the fact that the Portage and Main plebiscite was on the ballot. So without that carrot encouraging people to come to the polls, might there have been even fewer Winnipegs coming, uh, Winnipeggers coming out to vote in 2018? That's a great question, and you're probably right on that. But you can weigh in at 204-780-6868 and answer our question of the day at cjob.com or on Twitter at 680-CJOB. Mackling and McGarry, McNabb is away for a couple of days, and uh, I must confess, the the clock snuck up on us here. We have not even spoken off the air. We have not deliberated on who should win the Blue Bomber tickets. We've been asking you this morning at 204-780-6868, where do you go to find peace? Do you have a spot? Oh, and Greg has just texted me now, uh, and it looks like we're on the same page here, Greg. So we've got 90 seconds to read a couple. I want to start with Tara uh, because she says, my favorite way to find peace is when I'm riding to work on my bike. 
Sounds counterintuitive since I ride all the way up Main Street and all the way up Portage. But because I focus on more or less keeping up with the flow of traffic, I don't have time to overthink. There's something thrilling and somehow relaxing to me as I zip around the barriers at Portage and Main and yell hello to you guys as I pass the building. Well, hello to you as well, Tara. Thanks for sharing that. And, uh, boy, you're braver than I to be uh, riding your bike on Main and Portage Avenue. Good for you. Uh, how about this from Corrine? For the most relaxing place to be is when I'm having a one-hour full body massage. Oh, my. The lights are dim. Relaxation music is playing. I close my eyes, and for that hour, I am forced to not work or think or move. There's no better feeling than the kneading happening on my muscles. All the knots are getting worked out, and I am often close to falling asleep. Ah. A massage is the best. Thank you, Corrine. And if you want a good one, just make sure you check out our friends at the Pure Escape Massage Therapy at 698 Court. And Rosario's got a great team there. It's a really nice little spot. And uh, Greg is our winner. Greg says, peaceful place, gently exiting a ski lift on a bluebird day at an empty hill, following a massive deposit of powder. The muffled silence disturbed only by the squeaky, crunchy swish of my board gliding down the slopes, passing by pillowy, snow-rounded evergreens and catching the occasional clump of snow, disengaging from the bright green needles and landing on the ground with a poofy thump. He painted such a vivid picture that we had to go with Greg. I liked it a lot. For the win. A lot. I liked it, and it's not because of his first name, although it didn't hurt. (laughs) And his last name, Abra. Is he related to Matt Abra? I don't know. I, I feel as though maybe we need to ask that question. <laughs> maybe he's ineligible for this prize. <laughs> Greg, congratulations. You're a winner. You're going to the Bomber game on Sunday. We've got tickets to give away all week long here on the start. And the news also has tickets to give away this afternoon. Hey, thanks for listening to The Start Podcast. We are available on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Subscribe now and never miss an episode. And if you like what you hear, rate the show, tell us what you think, and hey, even tell a friend about the podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Greg is at GMACWPG, that's G-M-A-C-K-W-P-G. I am at Brett McGarry, B-R-E-T-T-M-E-G-A-R-R-Y. And Loren on Twitter is at McNab on Global and on Instagram at McNab on C-J-O-B. Talk soon.